G'day and welcome to the Aussie Church Leaders Podcast, where we want to help you inspire more people to follow Jesus. Chris, this is episode number 39. We are almost 40. We are nearly 40. And, um, you know, when you get to 40 and you start to approach 40, things start yeah, to what's change. That like? What's 40 like? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so far, so <laughs> far away from 40. Were you in the conversation this morning? Were you near me when, because obviously we were serving out at one of our, our local schools this morning and um, there was a, a young fella, grade two, asked how old I was and I just did the old youth worker question of like, oh, you know, how old do you think I am? And he came out with 46. 46. I'm not like, I know I look tired, Chris, but 46. I feel like you got to take that with a grain of salt because I feel like when you're in Wisdom primary school, off me clearly. Yeah, you yes, and that must have been it. Yeah, I I think you yeah you are in your prime years at forty six. So yeah. Anyway, that episodes have nothing to do with age, but it is exciting. We're jumping into episode thirty nine today, um, yeah. and again, Chris. Hopefully, this conversation today is a conversation uh, that is helpful. Uh, for our friends of the show, uh, because we're talking about something that is happening again, even in 2021, uh, another year of change and a a real focus on change in today's episode. Yeah, well, today's going to be the start of, um, of two parts, because this is, it's such a big topic. And honestly, we won't, we won't be able to cover everything related to this in the, in the two parts we're going to have around this, but um, we'll get you thinking about it anyway. And, And really, yeah, we're talking about leading through change because, so much has changed over the last, what is it, 18 months or so. Mm. And I think a lot of leaders are starting to recognize the fact that we thought 2020 was like going to be a really long, like a marathon. And I think a lot of us just started to realize like, oh, hang on a minute. Last year was just the swim leg of an Ironman. And, uh, and there's a whole lot of change happening and it's accelerating and it's decelerating um, it's got people are going into lockdown, people are not in lockdown, and it's just kind of discombobulated a lot of stuff. And um, so we I just felt like we should talk about that. Great use of discombobulated. And, and that's why today, episode 39, this is going to be a two-parter, isn't it? It is. It is. So today, episode 39, our main focus around change, Chris, what are we looking at today? Well, we want to look, I want to look primarily at relationships. Uh, before we get to any of the theory, uh, uh, yeah, I want to talk about people because at the end of the day, um, when we're leading, we're leading people and we want, we want to inspire more people to follow Jesus. We want to help people uh, follow Jesus. But how we do that is through, through other people. And sometimes, and, and I know I'm guilty of it as well, we read these books, we think, hey, I got this theory, and then we go and run it out and we forget that there are people who actually have to roll this out and we have to bring them along for the yep. journey with us. And so today we're going to look at the different types of people that you might experience and find in the change management process. So you kind of have a bit of an, an idea of, of what their resistance is, what their pushbacks might be. Cause once you know that, then you're better able to lead them. Mm. And then next uh, episode, we're going to look at, okay, so now that you know that, how do you actually help lead those people through change? And we'll get into more, some of the practical side of things. Yep. So again, really practical in episode 40. Today's episode really 
all about people's relationship with change. So Chris, you, you talked around, you know, maybe different ways we can kind of, um, you know, view people when they kind of go through change, different mm-hmm. ways of kind of observing how they respond to it, react to it, whether they're proactive in it. Um, how, how can we kind of go about this? What's a lens we can take on or is there, what's the kind of framework that we're going to be exploring a little bit more today when it comes to people's relationship to change? So there's, there's, before we get like too into the nuts and bolts for, for no one. Um, and for some of our listeners who maybe this whole change thing is brand new to them. Um, I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a, a general framework before we dive down a little bit more. And um, it's actually, it actually comes from technology. It's called the technology adoption curve, but it is also, uh, you know, the, the adoption curve in terms of how you start a movement and how you buy people in. Um, but it looks at the types of people there are, and it kind of marks it on a bell curve. And so the first group of people who are going to buy in and who are going to be open to change, these only make up 2.5% of people and they're called the innovators, right? These people, they're risk takers, um, they have resources and, and they want to try new things, even if they fail. Okay. Yeah. These people are like the innovators. The next group of people, a little bit bigger percentage, but they're um, at 13.5% and they're the early adopters. Mm. Um, This group of people, they're selective about the things they start using. Um, They're considered they're like a lot of in in a group of friends, this might be the person who you're like um, you check in with because they always kind of know new information uh, Mm. that's coming out. They know new technologies. They know new movies and things like that. they don't always adopt it, but they, they're, they're always kind of over it. Um, and so that they're often thinking through it a little bit. Then there's this big chunk in the middle of the bell curve, uh, which is the majority of people. Um, the, the chunk in the middle of the bell curve makes up 72% of people, uh, right. but it's split into two. Mm-hmm. Those, so there's the early majority and the late majority. They both make up an equal 34% of the bell curve and the early majority, uh, they take their time before adopting a new idea. Um, They want to embrace new technology, but they want to embrace it as long as they understand how it fits in with their lives. Mm. So a little bit more measured, a little bit more cautious. They'll ask a lot of questions. Um, They might want to try a little bit first, understand it a little bit first. Um, but that's just part of the course for these people. Um, the late majority, they adopt in reaction to peer pressure, really. Um, so again, and, and you, we see this in terms of uh, when the iPhone first came out and people said, yeah. oh, well, I'll never get an iPhone because it's only got one button. Yep. And then Apple did the unthinkable years later and removed the button from their oh. phone. And people said, oh, that's ridiculous. I'll never use that. And then as, as the market floods more and more and more, this group, the late majority, they just kind of go, ah, well, I've, I've got to adopt this because everyone else is doing it. Everyone else seems to be getting along. So they make the decision, I guess I'll get on board. And then we just see world domination. We Apple see world domination by Apple. Everyone knows what that Apple kind of logo looks like and sees it as more than, than just the fruit you can buy from the shop. So, okay, the late adopters often can kind of just fall in and lean into the crowd of, of what's going on a little bit more. Yeah, hundred percent. And the final group of people, they make up 16%, the final 16%. They're what's called the laggards. Um, they are very traditional in their decision-making. And what that means is they use the past. I'm sorry. They make decisions based on their past experiences. 
Yeah. And when navigating change, that that can be tricky for anything uh, because uh, when you're forging ground into new, you don't have the luxury of having experience with it before. It has to be, it's a new experience. So the laggards often uh, will not ever come on board or if they do, uh, they'll be very, very resistant to get across that line. Yeah. Um, and it will take a long, long time, if at all, uh, which is really important for us to for us to know kind of going into this conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's a helpful kind of angle for us to kind of use today as, as we approach what it looks like for people to experience change and even how we can, yeah, kind of almost paint a picture of what some of those kind of classic trends are of when people are experiencing change too. So I know you were talking earlier, Chris, kind of identifying what, uh, yeah, how, how people respond to change, their relationship to it. How can we kind of go about defining that relationship in a way where it really is set up like a framework for us so we can really identify um, some of those some of those key trends that are kind of going on for people? Well, when we're talking about, when we're talking about church, uh, the first thing that you want to do if you're a leader in, in your local church is you want to understand a person's relationship to your church, mm-hmm. whether that's, and, and again, if you're leading a ministry or something, that could be their relationship to your youth group or to your children's ministry or to your worship team. Yep. Um, and there's three, I think it's just easier if we simplify things, um, but th- there's, there's kind of three. And I think it was someone, I think it might've been Rick Warren or someone who kind of came up with this concept, but in navigating change, it's really helpful. So there's the core, there's the congregation, and then there's the crowd. Right. And so the core of the people, they're that group that they're engaged with the mission. They mm-hmm. might be connected in a group. They might serve. They might give financially. They're the group of people that, you know, uh, no matter what time of the day or night, that no matter what's happening, they will be there. They're invested in the mission. That's the inner circle type. That's your, yeah. yeah. You're regular. You're really consistent leaders. Then there's the congregation. Uh, these are the people who, for example, you know, attend on a Sunday, they might attend youth group, they might uh, be involved, but, but it's, it, you know, they're part of the, the wider community, but they're not engaged at the level that, um, that, you know, they're not serving and giving to the degree or if at all. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the final group is the crowd. And these are people who, you know, they may or may not be known to your church. They, they might kind of be known in the community. They're kind of floating around and, um, but they're not, they're not super well-known at all. If you want to think about what the crowd is, um, think about, you know, imagine you're an athlete and you're kind of competing at the Olympics and you walk out into a stadium. There's lots of noise and there's lots of people, but you're kind of like, I don't really know who a lot of these people are. I don't know what their relationship is to people out there. or So that they're kind of a little bit disconnected is, is, uh, is the crowd. Yeah. yeah. So core congregation crowd right yeah three different ways that people can kind of engage or their relationship to the church yep with what we know from that how, how does that then play into possibly understanding a little bit more about their relationship to change yeah so for we want to first of all die uh diagnose i guess that's a good way to put it or determine what their relationship is to the church then we want to determine what their relationship is to change because everyone's a little bit different and there's three relationships that we're going to map them in relationship to change um the first one is that they initiate change so 
if something's not going right, they're the people who say, Hey, we should talk about this. Or, Hey, let's, let's, um, let's move the ball forward on this. or let's navigate this. Yeah. Um, the second group of those who kind of accept it, you know, kind of like that late majority, um, uh, or even the early majority for a little bit, they're like, ah, oh, well, everyone's kind of going along. So I guess we're going to jump on board as well. Yep. Uh, that's it. Yep. yep. That's it. They're, they're along for the ride. And then there's that final group who they just flat out resist it. They're like, no, nah, I don't like this. Not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we see initiate, accept, resist. And again, talking about that early adopters model, everything like that earlier, This that, that model actually plays into what we're talking about in terms of this relationship to change too. It, it most it most certainly does because now what we're going to look at is is what we would call audiences of change audiences uh, audiences of change and there's there's nine audiences of change and we'll put a link to this a little graphic in the show notes because uh, effectively what we what we've done is we've made um, we've made a grid and uh, there's numbers one to nine uh, based on people's relationship to the church. And whether and their relationship to change, mm. and so and that will determine you know whether they're an early uh, whether they're an innovator or an early adopter or a late uh, early majority late majority or a laggard, yep. and so understanding where people are at I think is really really helpful um, to know how we approach them and how we lead them to know what their motivations are, and so um, I think it'd be helpful for us to kind of go through these nine sort of groups. Of uh, of people, um, particularly That's, as leaders. Sorry, no, I just jumped over to you. If you if you're listening in your car right now, obviously don't do this. But if you are listening from somewhere where you're not driving a vehicle, and you can look at the graphic as we talk it through, uh, a helpful thing to do would be to pull it up on your phone or your device right now and check this out because I think that would be helpful just as we walk through it uh, in today's app. Yeah, and so the first group of people we're going to talk about are the champions. And um, the champions, they are people who are both part of your core and they initiate change. Mm. So these are the people who you go to and you say, hey, we've got this idea that we think will help us better fulfill the mission. Straight away, they're like, of course, absolutely. Mm. So keen. Let's go. Yeah. The problem is they only make up 2.5% of people. Mm. So this is a small small group of people. Right. Yes. Right. So if you have a hundred people at your church, chances are there's about two and a half of these people mm-hmm. in your church. Um, <laughs> and so, so they're the, um, again, they're the champions. Um, the next group of people, they're, they're the investigators. Um, investigators. These are, these are, again, they will be part of your core group of people, part of those people who are really committed, but they might kind of have questions where they're like, ah, can you give me some more information? Can you explain it to me? Can you cast a bit more vision for me? Can you help me see why this is better than what we're currently doing now? And um, and the investigators, they make up about 10% of people. Yeah. So yeah. they're an important group of people mm. um, to kind of help you build that early, early kind of core mm. moving forward. Mm. Should we go through the numbers or should we go across the grid for well, people who are looking what, at the graphic? This is where I'm stuck right now, I think, Chris, because I'm looking at it. So we're talking about one, the champions. They're in the mm. core. They make up the 2.5%, but they're also leaning towards that relationship to change, to initiate. Mm. We look at accept in that of the investigators that are making up the 10%. Um, 
I, I think if we, I'm tempted to continue on and just move through the core, then the congregation and then the crowd. Um, yeah. Kind of review Let's it do that right? then. Because I'm intrigued as to, you know, what it looks like within the core to resist a relationship to change and, and what that looks like potentially in, you know, someone we're leading as well. 100%. So, so the core, um, and this is going, we're going to number five um, now because we're going across, if you're following along uh, visually on the table, this is the group called the prosecutors. And uh, we're going to talk a little more specifically about how to deal with the prosecutors um, and the arsonists and the ghosts uh, next episode. But the prosecutors, these are the people who are part of your community and maybe you've always done youth a particular way. Maybe you've always structured your service a particular way. Maybe there are elements of connect group that you've always done. And this group, they are part of your core. They serve, they give, but they are just, they do not want to change. Mm. And so often what they will do is they will hold on to tradition. Uh, it can, you know, depending on how, on, on their personalities and how they navigate it, they can often uh, point the finger, cast blame on, uh, on the point leader or the groups of people. And again, they love to argue, hey, here's why it won't happen. Here's why it shouldn't happen. Here's the reasons why. Because again, they're core, so they do have a voice. Yeah, they're in the inner. Yep. Yeah, and it and it can really feel like you are like they are prosecutors. They're kind of arguing their case. They got a really solid base. Often in church world, you know, it's the phrase, "Well, that's the way we've always done it." Mm. Mm. And who are you to change that? And I'm looking at the percentage again for our our prosecutors, two point five percent. So 2.5%. So we're saying again, church of a hundred people, this is still kind of a minute number. Um, and, it, and if I could just say, cause I know we, again, we're going to talk about this next episode, but I will say on this, um, these people sound a lot louder than what you think. Well, and right. I've, I've got so many questions and keen to explore that mm-hmm. in, in episode 42. Cause would be the one thing we, we will we'll learn is that your champions and your investigators they're on board, right? And when someone's on board, you don't really hear from them. They're like, because they're doing it. Yeah. And so there can be this tendency as leaders to hear this, this small group of people prosecuting you saying, that won't work. Here's why. Here's why you're going to destroy things mm. and buy into that. When really you've got at this point in time, just on the core group, 12.5% of people bought in. Yeah. Not saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. A great teaser for part two of this conversation. Chris, if we drop down into our next row on the grid, Mm. congregation. Congregation. Starting from our relationship to change being initiate, what's the the kind of leader we see there within the congregation? Yeah, well, these are the enthusiasts. These are the enthusiasts of that um, core group, of that congregation group, so that that majority group. And these guys make up 10% of people. Okay. So they're excited. They, they're, they're probably not going to put a whole lot of uh, effort or energy. They might not serve, uh, but they're going to be fantastic to get on board because they're going to be enthusiastic about it. They're going to be like, Hey, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get around it. Mind you, they won't serve or give towards it, but they can be very, very vocal in terms of supporting and, mm-hmm. and championing that cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they kind of bring the energy and excitement in that way, even though I wouldn't say, you know, fully engaged um, yep. in what's going on, not in the core, 
but yeah, this is this is ten percent. We got ten percent yeah. here on the community. Hundred percent. Yep. Well, not hundred percent. Sorry. Yes. Yes, that's correct. That's ten percent. Our biggest majority, Chris, that I see yeah. on here in terms of stat and percentages, is what we have down as the the patrons. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So this is the group, uh, and if you're looking um, at the at the PDF, you you're probably wondering why number four is circled because this is the group you want to focus on. Again, this is fifty percent. Mm. If you can get these fifty percent bought in. That is going to go a long, long way to helping you navigate and lead through change really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, these are your patrons, right? So we call these, you know, patrons kind of customers. They're the people who, again, they're not, they're not resistant to change. They're not necessarily engaged, but they, they like your church. Uh, this could be, they could be people who are unchurched and they're just exploring. Mm-hmm. They could be people who are just kind of, to use our language, church people who just kind of, they come and they don't really serve and they're a part of it. And they're just kind of floating around. They might give occasionally, they might serve at certain uh, events, Uh, but really they just kind of have a consumeristic mentality, Mm. uh, consumeristic approach, and uh, and they're not engaged to to that next level, Mm. but Mm. they make up 50%. And so you really want to take the time with patrons to actually take the time to cast vision to outline why it's important to make the change, to help them see how it will benefit them. Remember, you, you want to try and move some of these patrons to be a little bit more engaged. Um, mm-hmm. So show them the benefit to them. Yep. Uh, yeah. And if you can get this group in, you will you will navigate change really, really well. Mm-hmm. And Chris, even just talking about the graphic that's in, in front of us as well, when we look at the patrons being 50%, just a, a quick question can people yes. move across this grid like when we're we're talking about whether it's our leaders or it's people in our community sorry yeah people we're leading or people in our church community can people move across this grid into different roles are we saying this is staple this is who they'll be no so so a lot of people um again a lot of people move through this grid in different areas depending on what the change is, what the task is, how personal it is to them, all these sorts of things. So to take it away from church for a moment as a practical example, um, some people are really, really open to change uh, when it comes to uh, cleaning the house. Mm -hmm. And some people are really, really resistant to change when it comes to cleaning the house. Now, the same person who might be resistant to change when it comes to cleaning the house might be someone who is an innovator when it comes to uh, athletics and running, and I'm just describing myself, really. Yeah, um, that's fine. I, I get you though. Like creative, yes. artistic ability, like everything like that. We can talk. About and so it. it's and so there are different. What depending on what the change is and what the decision is, people can be at different stages. I mean, not everyone is always going to be. I'm an early adopter and I'm an innovator on because there are certain things you kind of you know we are all like oh, I want a little bit more information. I'm not quite sure. Yep. Um, yep. And so, yeah, absolutely. People can move through and navigate through on different things. The, the big thing is figuring out, um, yeah, the relationship to the change that you're trying to implement. So that's a great question. The great thing to note with the big circle around our four and patrons there, the 50%. Mm-hmm. As we move across the grid again, uh, we're getting still in congregation. This is a 10%er, one-tenth again, the arsonists. Who are the arsonists? 
Yeah, the arsonists, these guys are uh, are a little bit more of a challenge because they're the people who, you know, kind of like arsonists, they sneak into buildings in the middle of the night, they sneak in and they just light fires and cause destruction. Mm-hmm. And this group of people, they're part of a congregation, but they do they are not on board with change. And so often they will speak up in public settings they'll write messages they'll talk to people and they'll start saying things like can you believe that they're going to do this why would anyone want this to happen and they'll what they'll try and do is they'll try and rally people in their corner Mm -hmm. and and it it has a potential if you don't manage these other groups of people well and cast vision for them it has the potential to kind of destroy what you're trying to achieve and and because they make up 10 percent uh, it's really, really important that we manage them, uh, this group of people well. Mm. Mm. And I know you flagged earlier between, again, if you're looking at the graphic, five, seven and nine prosecutors, arsonists, and we'll get to nine really soon. Again, there's probably a lot of things flowing through your mind. I know I've got questions around how to, to best um, help people lead through change if they're kind of yeah in, in this kind of state of change as well, or this is this is the audience that they might fit within. Again, we'll jump into episode 40 and be able to unpack that. More. I will say, again, this is, we keep banging on about episode 40, but I will tease, I much prefer the prosecutors to the arsonists because the prosecutors, I prefer the prosecutors because the, well, the prosecutors typically, because they're part of the core, will come and talk to the leader and they'll have a conversation yeah. one-on-one. The arsonists will do it all behind the leader's back. Yep. And they'll try and get people on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to actually having a conversation or going and to talk to someone about it, the arsonist doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Revolution. Mm-hmm. How my quick thought, just going through my, yeah, go. I wonder from the prosecutor side of things, just in terms of leadership and leadership also being influenced as well. Can mm-hmm. the prosecutor influence the arsonist or can the prosecutor prosecutors actually be a catalyst to, you know, creating arsonists. I'm just looking at how our grid's set up and in terms of almost like a trickle effect down, maybe I'm trying to go for something that's a little bit of a stretch. Um, But again, I think it's just a general observation across this grid is that when we, you know, when we experience change and again, last year being changed, this year being Mm. changed, our response to that. And, um, you know, I I think one of of the key things I heard last year was even when it comes to being a leader, this idea of a non-anxious presence, which is so difficult and actually so um, can be just really char- uh, challenging. Um, but, you know, is, is when it comes to our influence and when people are going through these spikes of ups and downs and everything like that, to be a non-anxious presence is just such an incredible kind of leadership quality to have in a time of change. Um, just, yeah, something I'm looking at as we look at the grid and just recognising that influence still plays a big part in change as well. Again, maybe I'm jumping into episode 40 too much. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this grid and seeing it as a, as a helpful framework, uh, just for identifying that within communities, not just church communities too. Um, but if Chris, if we jump down that, that bottom row, our last three, we got the crowd and on the initiate side of the crowd, uh, we have the players, the players. Yeah. Now don't think, um, don't think sports players. Think, uh, think relationship players, okay? These, these are the people who they're like, yeah, no, that sounds great. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's get around it. And then they just don't follow through on anything. Um, you so know, they're, 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 they're like, yeah, they're playing you. 
they're playing you. They just don't follow through. They're, they're keen for change and they're open to change, very open to change. Uh, but when it comes to actually getting any rubber on the road, initiating anything, not that, you know, they're not really going to, uh, going to do anything. Because mm. mm. next to the players in, in at eight, so plays 2.5%. Again, if you're listening along 2.5%, if we move along uh, to number eight, just left of the players, uh, we have the prospects. Prospects yeah. sounds, sounds like a, a fun place to be in. I think of like your NBA draft, if you're talking sporting world, like to be a prospect, pretty cool thing. It is, and, and this is this is the group that they're, they're pretty keen to accept the change you have, but but they're on the fringe. And again, they're prospects because uh, you can move this group from eight to four, you know, and they're, they're pretty, again, mm. they're, they're really willing to accept it. And so they got a lot of potential, kind of like, you know, like you said, the NBA draft, like your FIFA wonder kids, they've got a lot of potential. Big potential from the prospects. And then that's, that's 10% there. One tenth again Mm. to the left and our, our final uh, one to talk about in today's episode, number nine, the ghosts, the ghosts. Well, this is again, typical from dating. If anyone's ever, been on a dating app or just been trying to talk to someone and you get ghosted um the crowd you know these this is the crew who will just disappear off the face of the earth um you know as a leader you might try and reach out and you might say hey um is everything okay can we have a chat they just won't respond they'll leave you on red uh they're just not open to it and they just disappear like a ghost right the ghosts there you go number nine two point five percent on the ghosts if there's um there's yeah things kind of running through your head as we either talk you through uh this graphic that's sitting in front of us right now or if you're reading it through uh for yourself we hope it is kind of a, a helpful uh, kind of starter to the conversation that we're going to be carrying on um but at the same time maybe there's some questions that has popped out of this episode for you or maybe you have some thoughts um that you think would actually really add to the conversation and actually add value to other Aussie church leaders as well. And if that's the case, we would love to engage with you. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And you can actually jump uh, onto either our own Instagram uh, kind of profiles. You can get Chris at, at Chris Podlick, P-O-D-L-I-C-H. Um, or you can hit me up at Riley Brown. Oh, no, not Riley Brown. At Riley Connor Brown. Because oh, no. I just give my full name out uh, <laughs> to the social media universe. And that's just R-E-I-L-L-Y. Um, but outside of that, Chris, people can also engage with us through the website too. They can. If you just go to beyondchurch.com.au forward slash Aussie Church Leaders, uh, you can submit your questions. And uh, we, we're really excited to create um, content around some of the things that, that you want. Or if there's specific ministry questions, we'd love to help you navigate those as well. Mm. Um, mm. But really Riley... Excited. I can't wait for episode 40. I know. I hope those little teasers were something that's just left you kind of keen for episode 40. I'm keen to to get into it as well um, because episode 40 is going to be all about how you practically lead people through change. So we can't wait to have you back for EP40. Chris, thanks so much for the chat today. Thanks, Riley. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you don't have to do everything today, but you can do one thing today that will help you inspire more people to follow Jesus.